This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called The Power of Human Connection. And my guest today is a great human being. His name is Jim Fuller, and he has lived a colorful global life from barefoot backpacker to corporate leader, fire dancer and traditional tattooist, a kindergarten teacher to motorcycle courier, masseuse and reflexology to laborer and travel consultant. Now Jim spends his time as a leadership coach and international retreat leader, dedicated partner and father. He is the author of the award-winning book, The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men, and can be seen delivering his TEDx talk, which I have watched more than once and love, on YouTube. Jim Fuller, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. G'day, Tom. Um, thank you so much for having me on your show. I, I really appreciate it. Ah, uh, that good day is a giveaway. You're down in Western Australia, right? Yeah, I'm down in Australia. Yeah, I'm down in the um, on the southern coast of southern Victoria, coast. down on the Great Ocean Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, when we first met, you told me some stories about that world travel that you were doing so many years ago. And you told me a great story about meeting a man in Pakistan. I love the story. And I love the lessons, the life lessons, the business lessons that come from it. So I'd like you to start by sharing that story and then explaining a little bit about how experiences like the one you'll share are influential for you now in the work that you do. Yeah, sure. So the, the timing of the story um, is relevant. It was 1998, uh, so pre-9-11. I was backpacking. Um, and and had been backpacking for many years. At this point in time, I was in Pakistan. And, and prior to going into Pakistan as well, from India, I walked across the border from India into Pakistan. I went to a Pakistani tailor and, and I had the traditional shawal kameez, the shirt and the pants that they wear made for myself. Um, I learned how to say a few basic, you know, greetings and, and words, phrases in Urdu. I had a beard. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go in respectfully and that's the same way that I went into every country when I was traveling, I wanted to go in respectfully. Uh, and that opens up a whole different experience as a traveler, when you go into someone's country and you make some effort, um, rather than going in as a, you know, a, a Disneyland tourist, just taking photos of everyone and paying no regard to their cultural norms. Anyway, so that that was me. I was in there traveling around and it just so happened that when I was up in remote north Pakistan, actually when I was in the northwestern frontier province in the Kalash Valleys, which border Pakistan and Afghanistan, 
Uh, that was when, I don't know if, if your listeners remember, but there was a time when um, somebody, um, a, a terrorist, uh, bombed an American embassy in Africa. And Osama bin Laden put his hand up and said, yeah, we'll take, we'll claim that. <laughs> and so the American government's response was to send cruise missiles into this, this um, region of Pakistan nearby to where I was to try and kill Osama bin Laden back in 1998. So years before 9-11. Anyway, that all happened while I was there. I wasn't even aware of it because I was off the grid and, and wasn't in front of newspapers or anything. But then probably I think a month later, I was on a bus, a, a local bus, not a tourist bus, a local bus up in the mountains in, in beautiful, stunning, stunning mountains in North Pakistan. And there happened to be an American um, backpacker on the bus as well. And we were the only two foreigners. And they, the people on the bus cottoned on to the fact that he was American. They must have heard his accent or, I don't know, maybe he had a flag sewn onto his backpack or something. I can't remember. Um, anyway, nonetheless, <clears throat> we were at a, at a bus stop, you know, where they pull over and everyone has a, a, a tea on the side of the road, a cup of tea on the side of the road and something to eat. And people started throwing stones at him. Some people, not all of them, but some people started throwing stones at him. They were very, very outraged. And uh, and he kind of ran back onto the bus and hid and, and was safe enough. And I checked in with him and he, he was okay, but he was a bit um, miffed. I don't know if you use that word in the States. He was yep. a bit miffed, yep. right? Because he was like, I didn't even vote for this government. I, I've got nothing to do with this. Why are people throwing stones at me? You know, I thought that was interesting. Anyway, on that same bus trip, um, the American had now gone and got off wherever he was getting off. And I, on that same bus trip, I ended up sitting next to this university student, a Pakistani man, young man, university student who spoke wonderful English because he was, you know, studying and we were having a great chat. And he actually pulled out the newspaper and said to me, Do you, did you know that jihad has just been declared? You know, and he showed me the front page of this local Pakistani newspaper and it explained about what had been going on politically and that jihad had been declared. And so years later, when I was in Barcelona in Spain, when 9-11 happened, and I, when it happened, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's what they've been planning since 1998. Anyway, I was chatting with this young man and we were connecting. And he said this one line to me, um, which I will remember forever. And it was really beautiful. And, and it did um, inform my thinking around cross-cultural connection and, and human connection in general, you know, mm -hmm. and he said to me, because we were just, I was interested in Islam. I knew nothing about Islam. He was interested in my sense of spirituality from an atheist point of view who grew up as a Christian. And we were having wonderful conversations about our differences. And he said to me, Jem, if we cut your skin here and we cut my skin here, we have the same colored blood. And he looked me in the eyes and he said, you and me, we're the same, he said, you know, um, and he, he said, he, because he was a religious man, he said, we are all equal under the eyes of God, mm. all of us, you know, and because I'm not religious, I took that to mean that we are all equal as a part of being part of the same greater system, the universe, mm -hmm. you know, that, that which is much bigger than us. And as a collective, we are all part of the same thing, you know, and it was a really beautiful, really beautiful moment. And, uh, you know, so I spent 
several hours chatting with this young man and then at the end we we made our goodbyes assalamu alaikum alaikum salam and and we went on our way yeah and and i just love the story and i love part of what you were explaining how you went into these places with a sense of respect honoring them honoring their culture not invading not uh just a tourist snapping pictures and and so forth. yeah and yeah so many elements of the story from that to the we are the same our blood is the same color speak to your business philosophy and how you approach others in the whole notion of human connection that drives so much of what you do explain a little bit about what you do and the the thread back to those moments when you were traveling and and making these human connections mm. you know i mean I, I i trace the philosophy back to the pure fact that as a species mm -hmm. there's no way we would have been able to survive the savannah plains if we didn't figure out how to work together in social groups mm -hmm. if we didn't figure out how to connect we need each other we needed each other to survive the savannah plains we need each other now yeah you know we need the the person with the idea of the building and then the architect to design the building and then the engineer to make sure it's going to stay up and then the bricklayer to lay the bricks and the the window pane person to put the windows in and the plumber and the electrician and the da, 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 da. We, we we need each other we work yeah, together as a collective, you know? Yeah. And so diversity, however that shows up, whether it's diversity of opinion, whether it's diversity of culture or um, ideology or whatever it is, having a broad range of difference is integral to us, you know, is yeah. massively important. And, and so rather than, and the only way we can harness the power of diversity is through finding some commonality so that we can actually communicate and work yeah. together yeah. rather than the flip side of that coin, which is being used, um, you know, by certain people with their own end gain, their own political gain at hand, which is to create the, the use that diversity to create divide. Mm-hmm you know, to pit people against each other. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's um, fuel the flames of fear, mm. right? So that the pro-choice and the pro-life actually get distracted by fighting against each other. Mm. Let's fuel the, the flames of fear so that the pro-vax and the anti-vax or the blue and the red or the black and the white or the wherever we can find a difference, mm -hmm. let's pit them against each other and get them fighting against each other because that's a wonderful distraction, mm -hmm. you know. And, 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 and the interesting thing is that the flip side of that, that fear of difference is that it's the difference itself that means that we have diversity, which means that we have a broader bandwidth of possible solutions to the big problems we need to solve right you know so yeah that's that's what i care about and and you work with your clients on helping them communicate better helping them live their best life yeah and and how do these principles begin to apply to the work that you're doing with your clients yeah so my bread and butter work is as a leadership coach mm -hmm. helping leaders create healthier workplace cultures right right so we've got a group of people 
we're all working for this organization. How do we work best together? How do yeah. we get the best results together as an organization? Yeah. And, and so that then comes down to, well, let's find the common thread. Oh, wow. So the common thread might be the organization's higher purpose. Mm-hmm. What's the real reason we're here? Beyond survival, we all need to survive. We all need to earn money to pay the bills. But yeah. why, do you, why do you care about the work that you do? And if you don't, why, what, what could there be in the work that you do that you actually care about? Yeah. And how does that align to the higher purpose of the organization, which is not to drive net profit growth? <laughs> right. That, that's a result. Yeah. Profit is a result of you doing your mission really well. And if the mission is valid, i.e., if the purpose that the organization exists for is meeting a real need for community, for society, for the for the greater good, if it, if there's a real need for what you do and you do it well you will be successful, right? And So and what you, is that? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, you go. I was going to say, and you doing your mission very well from the perspective of the leader is not yeah. about cajoling a team to act or forcing a team to act or or pushing and prodding. Yeah. It's about- Or forcing someone to buy. Or forcing yeah. someone to buy or tricking no. someone to buy, even worse. Yeah, um, no, no, no. It, it's it's it, you, draw, you draw people into- you draw people into what you're doing, the mission and the purpose through yeah. it being attractive to them, whether it's the end user who is purchasing your product or service, or yeah. whether it's the people you employ to to hopefully be intrinsically motivated and engaged to the work. It's because they're drawn to it, not because you're forcing them into it. You know, this external extrinsic motivation doesn't work anymore. That was that was the industrial revolution. That was get people on the factory floor and pay them X amount to pack so many widgets into a box that doesn't work anymore, you know? And so really what I help leaders do is engage the human side, the, 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 the emotional engagement, the, the psychological emotional engagement of their people and their clients Mm -hmm. um, to do better work together. And so how do we do that? You know, that, that, that cross-cultural connection that I've been fascinated with in my days of traveling around the world plays into interdepartmental. So maybe you've got a sales team and a finance team and they're at loggerheads with each other or a sales team and the delivery team and they're fighting because the sales team are promising the customers the world and the delivery team, the ops team are struggling to deliver the promises and they're at each other. Mm -hmm. So rather than being at each other, can we just pause for a sec, come back to assuming positive intent, Right. Let's just sit down and assume that the that each of you are waking up in the morning wanting to do your best work. Let's remember the higher purpose of the organization. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the common ground. And then let's explore our, our, our differing viewpoints and see how we can help them work together. So that's yep. a, the, the fundamental stuff of, you know, how do we do that work? Yeah. And it 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 all comes down to respect, understanding finding common purpose, all of those yeah. things that you, that you talked about before. And when, <laughs> pardon me, when we first conversed about this and after we first met, I said so much of what you're bringing to leadership and what makes good leaders, good leaders is the same as what makes good marketers, good marketers and good coaches, good coaches, because when we try to market a product or service, you said it before, it's not about cajoling or tricking or pitching or prodding. It's about recognizing 
through empathy and respect what the needs of the prospect and the client are, understanding them, aligning with them, showing respect toward them, and then aligning their vision with yours, showing how what you sell, your products or service, will enable whatever desire or journey that they're they're on. And so it's so analogous, the, the human connection that you're talking about that powers good leadership is the same human connection that powers good sales, good marketing, good uh, service delivery. Yeah, yeah. If, if we want to, um, if we want to encourage or engage anything from anyone, we need to try and understand where they're at and right. and what means it, what means anything to them you yep. know there's there's no point uh as a say in a leader a leader with a team there's no point trying to force them to to do the thing that you want them to do mm-hmm. it's very short term and you might have some people um depending on their behavioral style and their and their and their history and their stories and their lenses and their biases and their belief you may have some people who will um be compliant Mm-hmm. And they'll show up on time and they'll clock on and clock off and they'll do as they're told because they just mm-hmm. need the security of that paycheck and that's fine. But they will never be intrinsically motivated to go above and beyond. They will never put in the extra time. They will never uh, lean in and and get super creative around solving problems. They'll just do as they're told and they'll do the bare minimum because they're mm-hmm. compliant. Um, and you know that's that's a shame because it's a waste of human potential you know we all have the potential to bring a unique and and sometimes not so unique but we all have the potential to bring our own flavor to any situation mm-hmm. and if we can create an environment a team culture and then hopefully an organizational culture where people feel safe enough to have a crazy idea Mm-hmm. where people feel safe enough to make a mistake, where people feel safe enough to be vulnerable and, and go, hey, I was thinking maybe if we did it this way, mm-hmm. you know, then we're creating these wonderfully creative environments that can solve problems. And that's it's essentially what, what we're all doing every day is it's a continual string of solving problems. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and as you were saying, there there are some who will never, you know, step up and so on and so forth. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, maybe they're not naturally inclined to do so. Maybe there's whatever resistance they have for not doing mm. so. But that's the that's the work of a great leader to turn that yeah. person who never would do that and rise to the occasion and step up yeah. into someone who who will. Of course, they're in every community in every organization. There really are those few. I would hope yeah. who truly never will, no matter how powerful and effective the leadership. However, yeah. I think that that's, you know, the good leaders are the ones who help create the safe environment and the conditions yeah. for enabling that person who seemingly would never yeah. rise up to rise Yeah, up. absolutely. And, you know, yeah. and to do that, um, whether you're a, a leader leading a team or an organization or whether you're a marketer who's marketing and needing to understand the market and the people, mm-hmm. if you're not curious about human behavior, yep. you, you're never going to be really that great at it, you know, because yeah. every leader, who are you leading? People. Yeah. Every marketer, who are you marketing to? People. Yeah. You know, every um, relationships manager, who are you managing? People. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you don't get people, you know, you don't get business. 
Yeah. Um, and if yeah. you don't, um, if you're not curious around human behavior and to, to some degree, I mean, I'm fascinated in it. So I dedicate a lot of time to understanding the code of the matrix mm-hmm. of human behavior. And there are patterns. And once you start to be able to read them to some degree, uh, it yeah. unlocks a whole lot of keys in terms of connection and relationship and leadership and et cetera. Um, so, you know, I, I strongly suggest to get interested in human behavior. It's funny, a, a lot of the executives that I coach, they worked their way up the corporate corporate ladder and they end up in a CEO role and they're like, I made it. I got my my CEO role um, and, I, and I'm coaching and they, they had this idea that the CEO role was going to be all strategy and design. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then right. after a while they go, oh, shit, I'm a psychologist. I have to be a psychologist. I have to, I have to know, I have to work people out because people are complex. And I'm like, yep, it's people. Um, You know, and so, so even um, if you're, if you're an, if you're an emotionally intelligent leader, Mm -hmm. or if you, to some degree, understand human behavior Mm -hmm. and you understand some of the fundamentals like extrovert, introvert, for example, Mm -hmm. then you will set up your, your team meetings your creative team meetings, you will set them up to make it easier for introverts to share what they think or feel about something, which means that you might drop an idea to the team prior to the meeting and saying, hey, we're going to we're gonna chew this problem over as a team and, and see what we come up with. I'm giving you a week to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, extroverts yeah. don't need that. Extroverts are the ones who you have the team meeting. You drop a problem on the table and go, right, what do you reckon? And the extroverts all go, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? No, oh, what about this? And the introverts sit there not saying anything. Right. You are you are completely um, nullifying 50% of the creative solution possibility from right. that meeting because you're not, you haven't set the meeting up in a way that caters for all behavioral styles. Exactly. So I think we can... No. Yeah, and what what I was going to say, you were talking about black and white, and 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 uh, red versus blue, and choice versus versus yeah. uh, pro life, and so forth, and and the <laughs> dynamic that you're describing also plays in leadership, where there is a tendency in an organization to say, "With us, not with us, winner loser, uh, yeah, gets it, doesn't get it." contributes doesn't contribute and and that binary thinking Mm. is so so dangerous and so so much the antithesis of what you what you said which is really so important curiosity it is it's Mm. it's not just a, a a state of of being it's not about just i'm a curious person it's about I am deliberately and systematically curious. And that applies to being a leader and that applies to being a marketer. And and it's all about constantly looking at people. And instead of saying, oh, Jane was not opening her mouth today when we asked for ideas, she must be a loser. She's not with us. She's not down with the program, binary. Versus Jane wasn't uh, contributing I'm curious what's going on with Jane. Yeah. And and when you begin to explore and and begin to approach all of these things with curiosity, same thing applies if if somebody isn't necessarily responding to your marketing pitch. Oh, they didn't yeah. get it or or they're yeah. not, you know, they're not a good prospect. Maybe. Yeah. 
But what yeah. if you approach it with curiosity? What are you going to discover? It's such an important idea. I'm so grateful that you brought that up, Jim. Yeah, imagine the leader that sat down with Jane in a one-to-one and said, hey, Jane, I really value all of all of the individuals on this team's opinions and ideas um, and, and viewpoints, including yours. And I, I would love to set up our meetings in such a way that you felt comfortable to share when, whenever you felt to. And how could that look? Mm-hmm. How could we? How could we be doing it so that you felt comfortable to share your ideas? Because I want to hear them. I really yeah. do. Yeah. You know. I'm, and I'm and Jane might say, idea. yeah, yeah. Jane might say to you, look, I I'm the sort of person who hears receives the information, and then I need some time to to chew it over. Then I need some time to let it marinate. Um, let it percolate. Uh, and But, you know, it's funny because usually two or three days after the meeting, I have these amazing ideas, but I feel like I've missed the boat. I feel like mm-hmm. it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then the leader goes, oh, wow, is that it? Oh, gee, let's set it up so that we we circle back three days after the meeting and we have extra ideas come in. Mm-hmm. And then in the following meeting, we then, then we come to some solutions. Well, how would that work for you? And Jane goes, yeah, I'd feel better about that. And I get a bit anxious to speak up in front of everyone. So could I just email it to you? Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you don't try and change Jane from being someone who feels anxious speaking in front of people and say, well, let me just coach you on how to speak up and be confident. No, she's just told you she'd rather email you the ideas. You go, great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I am going through this very thing just today. I last week sent out an email to selected people on my list who have bought things or who are interested in, in my programs and mentioned that I'm setting up a mastermind those who replied and said, tell me more. I sent a long explanation about the program. And uh, one person replied back in a fairly terse response. Uh, no, thanks. Not interested. And two possible paths I could have gone down. One is that binary, screw him, you know, too bad. He didn't get it. He's not interested. He's a loser, you know, whatever or approach it with with respect and curiosity and a desire to learn and yeah and that's what i did i replied to him and said hey totally understand i respect your feelings about you know if you're not interested not interested but i would really value your feedback what is it about my presentation that didn't feel right to you? And what was it that that resonated with you? And he told me how much he appreciated that, that I wanted right. to have a real dialogue with him. And it wasn't just pitch and, and you know, toss and walk away. Yeah. yeah. And, and he responded with some feedback that actually opened a line of communication where I think two things are possible. Number one, after I clarified based on his feedback, he may actually end up being interested in the program. Yeah. Number yeah, yeah. two, I may be revising both the way I describe the program and the next iteration of the program as yeah. a result of that dialogue. Everybody yeah. wins when you approach yeah, it with yeah. that curiosity and respect. Yeah, and, and the fact that um, he took the time to actually reply, as terse as it may have been, he actually replied. Right. That's that's someone saying that that's you know that's an opportunity for you to mm-hmm. to do exactly what you did, which is to learn from from the situation. It's feedback. Yeah. There's no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. 
Exactly. Um, he, he could have just deleted your email and blocked you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's an old Jim Rohn, I think it was Jim Rohn who said it, that um, you you should try to turn every frustration into fascination. And yeah. I think that yeah. we have a we have a tendency as leaders, as salespeople, as uh, as people in the civic arena to yeah. very quickly get frustrated very quickly dismiss people as other as not with us as, mm -hmm. as wrong right wrong black white you know whatever it may be and mm -hmm. and then just get frustrated and yeah. either say something out of anger and frustration and stupidity or just flat out dismiss and move on um yeah. both of which are counterproductive if yeah you... both of which are counterproductive and completely driven by ego you know, <laughs> our sense of identity <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. because it's the sense of identity that takes everything personally, um, gets its back up, gets defensive and and reacts rather mm -hmm. than pausing, taking a breath and then choosing how to respond <laughs> rather than just jumping in reactively, which is what the ego does. You know, it's interesting, Tom, you said something earlier, which I thought was really important. You were talking about curiosity, but not just curiosity, curiosity with intention, mm -hmm. deliberate. Mm -hmm. deliberate curiosity and it's it's good for us to remember talking about human behavior it's good for us to remember some of our, our human inclinations mm -hmm. we tend to be generally speaking we tend to be quite closed-minded even those of us who think we're open-minded i mean i consider myself to be reasonably open-minded mm -hmm. but i'm still very closed-minded mm -hmm. we um you know and that's just part of our default so we have an idea on reality this is how I think things are, right? Mm -hmm. This is how I perceive the world around me. And this is my belief set around the way life is and the way I fit within it all, right? I need that so that I can operate. It's like my operating system, right? Right. Which can we can upgrade, by the way. Um, Amen. We can yeah. upgrade it as much as Mac sends out their upgrades and Apple send out their upgrades. That's how often we can upgrade our operating system. That's right. <laughs> but our operating system really determines um, our ability to function because that's how we perceive reality. Mm -hmm. So when our when our belief around something is challenged, we tend to double down on our belief and we tend to get quite defensive of that. Yeah. Because it's enmeshed in our sense of identity. And we're very, very defensive over our sense of identity. So if you are pro-choice and someone who is pro-life comes up and starts to challenge the way you see things, you get very defensive to the point of standing on a picket line and being abusive to each other, mm -hmm. which is not really helping the situation, right? So closed-mindedness, i.e. just um, being blinkered and, and, and sticking to what I think, how I think things are, is a natural response. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who sees the value in curiosity, who sees the value in open-mindedness, mm -hmm. if you are someone who sees the point to considering other ways, because there might be other ways, then you need to do that consciously and intentionally. You yep. know, so part of my morning affirmations, I do affirmations each morning mm -hmm. because they work, right? And the science behind it now, which is great. But part of one of the things that I say to myself regularly is I am open-minded. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I say it out loud. Now, the reason I say that is because I'm not open-minded by nature. I'm naturally closed-minded, but I would like to be more open-minded. So yeah. by saying I'm open-minded out loud many times throughout the week, it means that I'm more likely in a given moment when I see something in the press or when some information comes across my desk and I react to it and go, no, 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 mm-hmm. I'm more likely to catch myself and go, whoa, hang on a second. Yeah. Let me consider this alternative point of view. Let me consider it for a sec. It doesn't mean I'm always necessarily going to agree with you, but I want to consider your point of view before saying no to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a it's a it's a good thing to to do, like you said, deliberate curiosity. But it takes conscious um, intention. You know? Yeah, yeah. And when people people have asked me before, what are what are some of the most important qualities? that great marketers have. And mm. I will I will answer. Number one, they're curious, actively mm. so, deliberately so. Number mm. two, they develop habits of noticing. And the two are very closely uh, woven together because uh, really the, the business of being curious and respectful is mm. really the business of actively... Uh, noticing what is it what is it that I see in the other person and you know their expressions now I see you I hear you and yeah and that all gets tied up by the way in the binary politics of oh that's such a woke expression versus you know yeah yeah it gets just dismissed but no um what we're talking about is is noticing and paying attention to the things around you as opposed to just the the yeah. screen that your operating system lays in front of your face. Yes. And, yes. And if you can do that effectively, you hear things that are revelations. You see things that are revelations that that instruct your market research, that instruct the way that you're going to uh, tell stories, that reveal yeah. stories. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm talking about it just from a marketing perspective, but the same is true in leadership. The same is true in just day-to-day human interaction. And, and so, yeah, those things, they're practices though, because you have to build it into a routine of daily affirmations. You have to build it into being conscious. I'm going on a walk right now and I'm going to notice things, not just, yes. you know, sing the yeah. lyrics to the song that I've popped in my ears. So. Yeah. Oh, mate, you've, you've, you've inspired two trains of thought um, with just listening to you now through talking about marketing and, 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 you know, functional ways to address marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of them goes to the, for me, to the very, very depth. So to, to the listeners, excuse me, getting profound and deep right now, but this is what I care about. It is this, this is the, the purpose of life to some degree. So if, mm-hmm. if the, at the very fundamental levels of, of us existing as a species in life, mm-hmm. what is the purpose? Evolution, right? That's what's happening is that, that, that homeostasis is actually each cell seeking to be the next version of itself. And as, mm-hmm. as this beautifully complex, you know, combination of atoms that we are, that we are seeking to evolve. That's what's been happening over time and so here we are inherently the drive is to evolve right Mm -hmm. so what we're talking you and i are talking about is how do i consciously evolve so if i can be by the end of my days 
if I can have changed the lenses that I was um, adopted into when I was born and then through nurture and nature, I got this whole kind of um, operating system handed to me. If, if by the end of my days, I've upgraded that operating system over and over and over and over and over and over again, so that my understanding of life of existence is very different to when I was born, that's evolution, right? Hopefully in the yep. right direction. Yep. So that's the, the depth of it, you know, right there. And then the other spark of the thing that you were talking about is that this micro macro, it's, it's not exactly the right term I'm looking for, but that everything is represented in everything else. So you're talking about marketing. And as you're talking about ways to be, you know, to function well in marketing through the curiosity, through the intentional curiosity, the respect, the empathy, the, the connection with others, this can apply to every aspect of life. It's exactly right. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and it's such a beautiful thing when, because we're talking about human connection. You're talking about it in the context of of leadership, I'm talking about it in the context of marketing. And what I find when I break through with a client about human connection and noticing and curiosity and all of these things that we've talked about for the purpose of marketing, they'll come back to me and say, Tom, those things we've worked on together for my marketing have made me a better coach. I'm now a better coach <laughs> yeah. I, and, 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 yeah. and, it's, and father or mother or partner or brother or sister or <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's your point, Jim, that, yeah. that these things are elemental and they're fundamental. They're just part of, of what it means to be human and what it means to yeah. evolve as a human. And if we are conscious of these things and work on them, then it yeah. doesn't matter what aspect of our lives, our business lives, our personal lives, so forth. It's going to drive us forward and it's going to make us feel more fulfilled and be more effective in pursuing whatever mission we're pursuing. And so, yeah, so so true. And, you know, you were talking before about, um, about the ability to see beyond the projection that your operating system presents in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, something that's been really helpful for me in terms of developing that ability to do exactly what you said, and and I'm not the only one doing it. There's a lot of people who are who are using this mind training, mm-hmm. which it is. It's a mind training, mindfulness meditation, yep. Yep. the practice of mindfulness meditation. Yep. You know, there are there are there are immediate short-term benefits to to doing a meditation i.e. you activate the parasympathetic nervous system, you calm down, you think more clearly, et cetera. They're the short-term benefits. Mm-hmm. It's the longer-term benefits that I find really, you know, exponentially beneficial. Yep. And the ability to um, come to a space of, of consciousness beyond identification with the experience. So I'm not mm-hmm. identified with feeling the emotion that I'm feeling. So rather than identifying and saying, I am angry right now, or I am sad, or I'm frustrated, or I'm whatever, that I can go to a place quite easily now of observation of the moment. Mm-hmm. Notice the moment, just notice mm-hmm. it without being attached to it or engage or you know judging it or being enmeshed in it. Mm-hmm. which gives me then the ability to notice beyond my lens, beyond my operating system, to start yep. to notice the data around me just as it is, just as yep. data. 
Yeah. Um, and it's it's wonderful for so many reasons. I mean, the one of the one of the benefits of this is that you can be the driver of your own bus. You can actually have a lot more to say about the current physiological state that you're in. So your emotional, mental, physical state. You know, and imagine you you going up to do a keynote. I, I did a keynote on the weekend for a few hundred people at this conference, and it was in a big, beautiful theater, and it was all you know nice. Five years ago, even three years ago, I would have been so nervous, mm-hmm. and I would have been battling my nerves the whole time I was on stage, mm-hmm. and it, I would have still delivered the talk, but I would have been affected by the nerves. Over the years, 10 years now of, of meditation practice, before going on stage, I can sit, go into a meditative state, and then I can walk up onto the stage calmly and deliver for the people because that's why I'm there. I'm not there for me. I'm there for them. And I can deliver from a place of equanimity, mm-hmm. calm, clarity. That is a meditation practice skill. You know, yeah. so you you apply that to just say you're not a speaker, but you are um, you're a leader or a marketer, and you're going into just say you're a marketer and you're going in to give a presentation, and it's a big client, the biggest client you've ever had, and you've got the pitch and you've got the slide deck, and you're going in to to share with them. You, you say your sales or marketing, and before going in, you are affected by understandably because we're human, adrenaline, nerves, anxiety, whatever you're feeling. In the past. It may have actually got in the way and hindered your ability to communicate. Yeah. And you might not have got that deal because you kind of got in your own way. Mm-hmm. But now with this mind training, you can calm yourself before going in yeah. and deliver clearly and with confidence and you yeah. get the sale. So it very directly impacts your ability to get results in your life. So it's, for anyone, I'm sure everyone's heard of mindfulness meditation. If you have heard about it and been thinking, oh, maybe I should practice it, if I can just give you that little nudge and just say yeah. create a habit of it, it's it's a wonderful um, mind training. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent. And and for anyone who's heard so much powerful stuff that we've discussed and wants to learn more about you, Jim, what you're putting out there to the world, where can they find you? What will they find when they come looking for you? So gemfuller.com yep. um, is, is the site where you can then access everything. Uh, what you'll get for there, if you're interested um, in, in having a little sample of, of what I share, there's a free ebook on there. There's a free uh, course on there. There's um, You can go and watch the TED talk from there, TEDx talk from there. You can get access to my online platform where I have courses. You can reach out to me. I'm super accessible still. I'm not one of these people who won't get back to you. If you email me, you'll get an email back. Um, what else? Yeah, the, the, the retreats we run, retreats in the Himalaya in India and, and in Bali. My partner and I run retreats together. Uh, my book, The Art of Conscious Communication, you can grab that on Amazon or Booktopia or wherever you buy your books. It's soon to be uh, the audible version is, is going to be released soon as well. But yeah, just go to the site. If you're into social media and you love just getting stuff popping up in your feed, I only post real stuff. I'm interested in posting helpful things, um, daily little tips that you can easily implement into your life that, that over time make a massive difference to the quality of your life. So Instagram, Gem Fuller, that's the main place where I post. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Gem Fuller. There you go. That's enough, yeah. I think. I think that's great. Yeah. And all, all of that will be in the 
in the show notes. And it's Jem, J-E-M, Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, jemfuller.com. Jem, any parting thoughts? Well, yes, I do have a parting thought. But before I do, I just want to say, actually, I met this really lovely guy the other day uh, who works in marketing. His name's Tom. And yeah. uh, and we had, a, we had a chat the other day. And Tom, you uh, inspired me to, to share more. And so I sent out an email to my mailing list yesterday saying, I'm now going to be sharing a weekly tip on communication. Um, would you be up for it? So I sent that out and I've already had people coming back saying, yep, I'm up for it. Send it out. So I've committed awesome. every Monday, I'm going to send out a tip on communication. And if people would like to receive that, um, just go to my website and sign up for the mailing list and I'll, and you'll receive that as well. So I w- wanted to say thanks for inspiring me, Tom. That was, uh, you was got it. really cool. You got it. Good move, Jim. Good move. <laughs> and a parting thought, parting thought, uh, you made it. You made it. You're here, right? You, you, you've made it. And you're not where you're supposed to be in a year or 10 years from now. You're not there yet because you're not supposed to be there yet. You're supposed to be here. So take a breath. Um, you know, take a breath. Give yourself a little pat on the back and go, ah, here I am. I made it. I love it. I love it, Jim. Thank you so much, Jim Fuller. What a conversation. This is going to be one that I'm going to listen to, rewind, listen to again, rewind. <laughs> I've, I've been I've been distracted thinking about, oh, there, there's this person, this person, this person. I'm going to send this to before we even publish it because right. there was a lot of good stuff we discussed here, if I do say so myself. So right. all of you who have listened or are watching the video of this, please go to wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever that may be, and please review tell us what you liked about it uh spread the word about uh, this podcast about jim go visit his website the more that we spread the word the more the gifts of the knowledge that we're sharing in these conversations can reach others and you can help us do that so thank you in advance for anyone who does that who who uh, reviews and who uh, gives us a nice uh, pile of stars for uh, whatever they got out of it and for more please go to story power marketing resources on the site ebooks and so forth sign up for the mailing list if you haven't already done so and tune in again to the story power marketing show every week we have great conversations like this one thanks so much everyone thank you again jim we'll see you down the road thanks tom listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.